Good morning, West Bowles. It's great to see you guys. My name is Brad Brady. I'm filling in today for Pastor Nathan. Thank you, church, for letting us do this to give Pastor a break every once in a while. So we've had, we have some great teachers here, right? Julie Burns is taught up here on stage. A lot of great teachers. David Perez. But the last two weeks, we had Brian Burns and Ryan Long, and they were just incredible, I thought. They did an incredible job. So, yes, absolutely. Give them a hand. So Katie and I are sitting right over here after Brian gets done, and some of our friends that were sitting in front of us, after the service, they turn around and they said, you know, this church is so blessed that we have so many gifted teachers here that can get up and give our pastors a break. And last week, when Ryan announced that I was going to be up here this week, we had some friends sitting behind us, and the guy says, I would hate to be you <laughs> to have to follow those two guys. You know, sometimes it's better to go first, because then, then you can set the bar the way it's supposed to be, right? But I guess Jesus tells me that if I want to be first, I'm going to be last, so I'm last. So here we go. Well, let's get started. Let's pray. Heavenly Father... Thank you. Um, thank you for the prayer that Suzanne just uh, prayed, Lord. We need a revival in this land. And this message that you've put on my heart today and the scriptures that we're using, maybe you can help us see what that looks like, Lord. So we just turn this morning over to you, and we ask you to bless the things that come out of my mouth. Get me out of the way and speak to this congregation, Lord. Touch their hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. So let me start with a story. There was a guy that was walking along a beach in California, and he comes up and he finds this old lamp in the sand, right? And he picks up the lamp, he starts dusting it off, and out pops a genie. Genie says, thank you for releasing me from this lamp, blah, 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 blah. And he says, but this is the fourth time I've been released this week, and I'm sick and tired of doing all these wishes for everybody. So instead of the usual three wishes, you're just going to get one wish. So the guy thinks about it a little bit, and he said, you know, I would really like to vacation in Hawaii, but I'm terribly, I have a terrible fear of flying, and I get incredibly seasick when I'm on a boat. So my wish is that you build me a bridge to Hawaii so I can drive over there and vacation. And the genie, he laughs, he says, that's impossible. I mean, think about the logistics of this thing. How would you ever get the support structure anchored into the bottom of the Pacific? Think about all the concrete it would take, all the steel would, it, that it would take. No, you're going to have to come up with a different wish and make it something e easier. So the guy thinks for a minute. He says, well, you know, I've been married for about 30 years, and my wife still complains that I just don't care, that I'm insensitive. So I wish I really could understand women. I'd like to understand what my wife is feeling inside. I'd like to know what she's thinking when she gives me the silent treatment. I'd like to know why she's always crying. I'd like to know what she wants when she says all she wants is nothing. So my wish is I'd like to understand women. Jeannie said, you want that bridge two lanes or four lanes? <laughs> well, thankfully, our God's bigger than a genie in a lamp. He would simply part the waters, right? So in Home Builders 2, our class at 9 o'clock in the mornings, we're studying this book. It's called The Red Sea Rules. It's by Robert Morgan. 
And it's about this miracle at the Red Sea. It's a story in Exodus where God allowed the Israelites to become trapped between Pharaoh's rushing armies and an uncrossable Red Sea. Yet the same God who led them into that impossible situation was going to lead them out. And he parted the waters. He allowed the children of Israel to escape the pursuing armies of Pharaoh. So the message of that book that we're studying and Exodus 14 is that God delivered the Israelites no matter how challenging situations, what kind of challenging situations we're going to face, he's going to deliver us too. Even when we're at our most anxious moments, our most distressed moments, God will always make a way when there seems to be no way. So have you ever found yourself overwhelmed by life's problems? I'll bet it's yes. Have you ever felt pursued, maybe under some kind of spiritual attack? Have you ever been in the midst of a seemingly impossible situation where you can't see any way out? Well, a few years ago, I was experiencing a crisis in my business. And I'll spare you the details, but it kind of poured out <laughs> into my personal life. It started affecting my family. It started affecting my marriage. It started to affect me personally. There was something, all the things that God was bringing out in my life were starting to get eroded by this situation. I was definitely in a Red Sea moment. I was overwhelmed, overwhelmed by the problems I was facing. I was under a spiritual attack. And I was in the midst of a seemingly impossible situation where I couldn't see a way out. I couldn't even take the next step. So on January 1st, New Year's Day, 2018, I woke up and I did what I usually do. I got my phone out and I hit my Bible app, my version Bible app. And the verse of the day popped up, and that's today's verse that we're going to look at. It was Isaiah 43, 19, which says, For I am about to do something new, Brad Brady. See, I have already begun. Don't you see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness for you. I will create rivers in dry wasteland. Now, I was familiar with this verse. I'd read it a hundred times, right? But this time, God spoke to me through his word with that verse. And I really heard it. Now, was it audible? It wasn't audible. Did I hear it with my ears? And maybe some of you have I've heard the voice of God speak. And I don't know how you've experienced it, but for me, it wasn't just something I felt. It wasn't just something cognitive that like a light bulb goes out and you understand it. It was more than that. I heard it deep in my soul. And for me, I think God's Spirit, God's Spirit gives us, gives us ears to hear. God's Spirit can speak to our souls, and we can hear it. Well, I heard it that day. And you know, when God makes a declaration like this, it's often connected with a challenge. And that challenge usually boils down to this. Will you believe it? Well, that day, I believed it. I couldn't see what God was going to do making a pathway for me out of this wilderness I was in. He didn't give me the how, why, what, and where. He didn't, he didn't have those details. He didn't show me those details that morning. But you know what? It did change my perspective. I believe God could, and more importantly, would, 
make a pathway for me and lead me out of this situation and into something new. You know what? It changed my perspective. Instead of fear and apprehension that I was feeling, all of a sudden I was feeling some anticipation and excitement. And that's the new perspective I took into 2018. Well, that year, through God's mighty power at work in and around us, and through the prayers of a lot of people here at the church, God provided for me and my family in ways that uh, only the Apostle Paul says are infinitely more than we might ask or think. I was truly amazed at the wonderful things God did for me. So let me ask you this today. Next slide, if you will. Are you expecting God to do a new thing in your life? You know, the circumstances might feel overwhelming for some of you when you consider everything that's going on. But let me remind you about Isaiah 43, 19. It was a declaration by God. It was a promise of God over and to his people. God's people he was speaking to were the Israelites. And despite all that God had provided for them, they continually find a way to mess it up, right? Out of pride, out of arrogance, out of a desire to take control of their lives. They turn away from God, which leads them down this path of ruin Um, and they find themselves in a new wilderness. They find themselves exiled, and they're captives in Babylon, captives to other nations. And through this verse, God was calling his people out of this 70-year captivity. He spoke a pathway through the wilderness, out from the old and into something new. So anybody here feel like we woke up in March of 2020 and found ourselves in an episode of The Twilight Zone. Now, you probably have to be my age to remember The Twilight Zone, (laughs) but if you've ever been to Disney parks and ridden on the Tower of Terror, the bumper they used to use at the beginning of The Twilight Zone show was there, and it had that creepy music, remember? Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. And Rod Seeger would come out and say something real creepy. Well, the whole premise of the show was you wake up and you are totally normal, but everything around you, you're in kind of an alternate universe. Well, I might be playing a little fast and loose with comparing COVID uh, in 2020 to the Twilight Zone, but as a society, we did find ourselves in in a new wilderness, kind of like the Israelites found themselves. And the Israelites were in captivity. Well, I can think of a number of ways the pandemic was like a captivity for us, right? We were held captive in a lot of different forms, captive in our houses, captive and separated from our family members and friends, captive in different areas of society. And the Israelites were exiled. Well, you know what? We were exiled here too, this church body. We were exiled from this sanctuary. We were exiled from this church building. Our children in the education system were exiled from their classrooms. They were exiled from their teachers and friends. Sounds kind of familiar to the same thing that was happened to the Israelites. And could it be that this verse, this Isaiah 43, 19, is a declaration to all of us here today and all of you online? A promise spoken by God directly to us. He's telling us to forget all that, for he's about to do something new, 
See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I'm making a pathway out of this pandemic for you. I'll create rivers in the dry wasteland. So are you expecting God to do something new in your life? After the pandemic, I think we all want to see God do something new in our lives. The challenge is, will you believe it? And are you believing that's going to happen? So let's just back up a minute. Go to the next slide. I want to point out that God's got this. This is the promise of God. God's got this. He's done it before, and he can do it again. To better understand the verse, uh, 4319, let's back up a couple of verses. So let's start with the scripture, Isaiah 4315. God's talking to the Israelites. He says, I am the Lord, the Holy One of, excuse me, I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator and king. So before God made the promise to his people, he declared his ultimate title. He says, I am Yahweh. And he immediately follows that up with four other titles. He is our Lord. He is our Holy One. He is our Creator. He is our King. He is well able to do what he says he will do. So God's got this, right? Then he says, I am the Lord who opened the way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. God reminds us that he makes a path through the impassable. Why does he remind us? Because he's stating his qualifications to handle our most challenging difficulties that we face. God will always make a way when there seems to be no way. He says, I've done this before, and I will do it again. So God's just told us who he is. He's just reminded us, reminded us of seemingly impossible things he's done. And then in verse 18, he says this. Next slide. But forget all that. He just reminded us what he's done. He said, forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. So that's in the New Living Translation. In the New uh, King James Version, it says, instead of forget all that, it says, do not remember the former things, nor consider things of old. And that's really a great mindset for us to have as God is leading us out of this pandemic wilderness. What's past is past. You can't do anything about it. What's ahead is really what matters right now. You know, God said he's about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? You know, Kathy Vanderwert was teaching our home builders class last week, and she said something that just kind of stuck with me. She said, you know, it's so easy for us to look back in the history of our lives, and we can see those places where God's hand was at work in our lives, those standing stones, those memorials, of where God was at work for us, those turning points. But it's not so easy for us to see what he's doing out ahead of us. Yet God goes before us. He's already prepared a way, and he's doing things out there. It's just very difficult for us to see it. But the best way we can approach this is to keep our eyes on those unseen things, keep our eyes looking forward, not back. So don't miss what God is doing because you're looking at the wrong things. And this not only means because we're looking back at old things and not looking ahead, but you know what? We're coming into a new season. 
And we could completely miss what God is already up to because we're looking at the wrong things and we're looking at them at the wrong way. Prior to the pandemic, God's people, us, right, were used to looking at and staring at and looking for certain things that showed the ways, the ways God was at work in and through us. We were comfortable with the lens we used to see those things. And prior to the pandemic, we'd gotten used to and comfortable with the way we had church, the way we experienced church, and the way we lived out church. You know, if God's doing something new, we don't want to miss it because we're looking at the wrong things. We don't want to miss it because we might be looking through an old lens and expecting God to do exactly what we're used to. You know, one expression that uh, I think we're all getting tired of hearing as a result and during this pandemic is the phrase, you know, when things get back to normal, then it's all going to be this or that. You know, I'm not sure if that's a threat or a promise. There are certain things I don't really want to get back to normal. <laughs> but maybe it's just me. But coming out of this pandemic, I can't imagine God saying to you and me as Christians or to our church body, hey, you know, when things get back to normal around there, then you guys will really be able to make an impact for me in the people around you and in the world. I don't hear God saying that at all. I don't feel God saying that at all as we come out of this pandemic. He's saying, see, I am doing something new, and I've already begun it. You know, this uh, pandemic, or wasteland if, in our case, or wilderness, may have served a purpose here of readjusting what we look at and what we look for around us. We need to change the lens a little bit that we use. And it's an opportunity for us to reset the way we look at things, reset our expectations. When you think about an image of a wasteland in the Bible or anywhere else, you think about things that are every, where everything's laid um, to waste, destroyed. Well, perhaps this is an opportunity coming out of the pandemic, coming out of this wasteland, to look, it gives us an opportunity to look for those small evidences of life again. Look for something small, maybe, that's going on out there. You know, that East Troublesome fire that, uh, that uh, started up outside of Kremlin last October, um, it spread really quickly. And in engulfed areas around Granby, Grand Lake, even over Antastas Park, and uh, by the time it was done burning, they finally got it under control on November 30th, but it had destroyed 194,000 acres. It had burned 194,000 acres. And it went into a place that Katie and I and our family hold very dear, Rocky Mountain National Park. We love it up there. And so it affected that area. Um, we um, went up there right as they were getting the fire under control, and they opened up the park, the west entrance of the park. And when you drive in the west entrance, you drive into this valley, the Kawanichi Valley, which is Arapaho for Coyote Valley. But it is the headwaters of the Colorado River. The Colorado River starts there, but it's not a very big river at that point. It's just small. It's like a uh, maybe a larger sized stream, but it just gets started there. 
But in that valley, there is all sorts of wildlife. It's teeming with elk, moose, bear, all sorts of different things. I want to walk you through a few pictures that we took. So these pictures, when he brings them up here. So this was in November last year, right after they let you back into the park. And you can see the devastation. You can see what happened with this fire. Those hills in the background, those mountains, were totally covered with lodgepole pines. Now they were laid bare. You saw rock outcroppings that you never saw before because all the trees were burnt. Go to the next slide, please. So we stumbled upon this elk herd there in the middle of this desolation, right? And I don't think you can see it over here on this one slide, but most of these elk have big burn marks on their hides where cinders had fallen off the trees and burned them. So that's November when the fire ends. Now let's go to the next slide. So we went back <laughs> this spring, and this is what you're seeing. Despite the wilderness, this is what I'm talking about, looking for evidences of new life in the wasteland. You see the wasteland behind it, but look at that. Look at that ground being covered with grass, green grass. Look at that elk herd. You didn't see any babies back in November pictures, but there are baby elk in this picture. And John, I don't know if you could show it, but Katie took a little video that was so cute of these baby elk running in this field. There's Katie saying, oh my goodness. <laughs> anyway, evidences of new life, even in the wasteland. That's what we have to be looking for. Next slide. God tells us that he'll make a pathway through the wilderness. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Burnt trees, but new life in a pathway. And he will create rivers in a dry wasteland. This next picture we just took on the 4th of July. It was the Colorado River. Baby moose, mama moose, and just look at how lush it's getting there. So coming out of this pandemic, with everything laid waste, <laughs> and we're surrounded by a wasteland in a way, Maybe it is an opportunity for us to take a look for small evidences of life again out there. Not an entire ocean, but perhaps just a trickle. So if God's already doing something new, perhaps we ought to look around and ask ourselves, what's trickling right now? You know, much like the Colorado River, it eventually grows in force, right? To have the power that cut the Grand Canyon, carved out the Grand Canyon. But it doesn't start that way in Koenichi Valley. It begins as a trickle of snow melt making its way to that valley floor. And as it flows out of Rocky Mountain National Park, it's fed by other streams and other tributaries, and it starts to gain force, eventually becoming one of the principal rivers in the western U.S., so you know what? We ought to pay attention to the seemingly small trickling of life, of the life of God in our lives. If we can start there, we'll see a growing force. So what is trickling in your life right now? Has someone spoken a word of encouragement to you recently that helped you see your circumstances differently? Has someone offered to pray for you, or has God prompted your heart 
to help or pray for someone else? Have you noticed that you are drawn to serve God and others in a way maybe you haven't before? What's trickling in you right now? Is there something you've been wanting to do, but maybe the timing hasn't been right? Or perhaps you lack the courage to take that first step. You know, what's trickling in you? Maybe there's someone you need to forgive, but haven't been able to see the way forward to let go of a wrong done to you. Maybe you've experienced loss and pain and are trying to find a way to move forward to hope again. Maybe hearing promises like, God will never leave you or forsake you. Or the Lord is my shepherd. He restores my soul. Maybe that can give you a trickle of hope that you're needing. So what's trickling right now in your life? If we can start there, we'll see a growing force. You know, I really love the biblical theme that starts at the very beginning of the Bible and continues to the very last page of the Bible. This theme about a trickle of water or a spring in a desert and what God can grow that into. You know, that's a picture we get at the very beginning of the Bible. Actually, it's on page two, or it's page two of Genesis. Let's put it that way. The story begins in a dry, desolate wilderness, but God provides a spring in the desert, and that that becomes a source of life for plants, animals, and eventually a man and a woman. And that garden spring becomes a river that flows out of Eden to water the entire world. Life will flourish wherever that water flows. But as it turns out, the humans find a way to ruin it. You move ahead to uh, the story of Israel in exile that we were just talking about. And the prophet Ezekiel described Israel in exile as a pile of dry bones scattered in a desert valley. But he said this, one day God will pour out his own life presence, his spirit to water the land to bring life to dry bones, to create a new Eden and actually new kinds of people in the world, people who can spread God's life to others. And that leads us to Jesus. God's plan for humanity flows through Jesus' life, his death, his resurrection. After Jesus was raised from the dead, he sends a spirit into his followers to fill them up with God's own life. And when we join the current or the flow of God's Spirit, the Apostle Paul says the fruit of the Spirit begins to flourish in us. We just sang about it. We heard the band sing about it. It produces love and joy, patience and kindness, gentleness and self-control. You know, people that are filled with that People like that can create beautiful things in this new world that bring life to others. That's the vision I think God has for us coming out of this pandemic. So what's trickling in you right now? You know, if we could just start there, it's kind of like we're all little streams of God's life that come together. That's our mission, right? That's our mission. Connect with Jesus, connect to people, connect people to Jesus. If we can come like little streams of God's life and we can come together and gain force and grow in force, 
then we're going to really be able to accomplish something here on earth. And we're going to be able to bring life to this world that's hurting after coming out of this wasteland. So God says to us, for I'm about to do something new. So what's trickling in you? See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. You know, the very last page of the Bible says this in Revelations 22.1. And you can show this picture, John or Kevin. It says, the angel of the Lord showed me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. There's going to be a new river of life, and we're part of leading to that. And it's flowing out of from God and Jesus into a renewed creation, bringing life to wherever it goes. Let's go out of here and do the same. Uh, as the praise team comes back up, let me pray and we'll close. Heavenly Father, I hope you were speaking to some of the hearts here in this building, Lord. Challenge us, Lord. Help us to believe that you're about to do something amazingly new, something that we wouldn't even believe if somebody told us about it. That's what I think you have in store for us as Christians individually and as a church. So, Lord, keep us eyes focused firmly on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Help us to live out the life you want us to live because your spirit resides in us. Make us brave. Give us courage. Help us to make a difference. In Jesus we pray. Amen.